um, that one phrase, plunged in victory. We're, we don't believe God halfway saves. We don't believe God waits for us to save us. God saves us. He saves us fully and finally and, and completely. And, and we're plunged in victory. So, feel defeated this morning. Defeated by sin and temptation. Defeated by struggles and sin and life. You are plunged in victory in Christ. God loves you in Christ. I want to invite everyone to uh, open their Bibles to the book of Proverbs. Uh, today we'll be in Proverbs chapter 3. And uh, I want to go ahead and give everyone a, um, maybe a forewarning. It's, this mic has been giving me a lot of trouble. Uh, and so if it starts popping and I have, you know, last week I had to hold my hand behind so my coat didn't keep hitting it all week. So I just want to apologize in advance for this uh, mic. Uh, so Proverbs chapter three. So we're we're very early in 2021, and I think it's still OK to talk about New Year's resolutions. Probably about half of us are still doing them if we've made them. Uh, and I actually, I think that uh, New Year's resolutions would make a really good game show because, you know, you watch these people make their New Year's resolutions and they drop like flies and the winner is the one who uh, goes the longest, I guess, goes to the end of January. New Year's resolutions are really exciting in the beginning, right? And there's actually a, a chemical reaction in our brain that comes with being excited about starting something new. It's called dopamine, right? So I'm... Eating healthy, exercising, you know, saving money or whatever. And we're all excited. And then what happens? Like after a week or two, not even that long, it wears off, doesn't it? And it becomes really hard at that point to keep the habit going that we want to form or, or maybe break the habit. Uh, forming a new habit or breaking an old one takes a lot of work, doesn't it? I mean, we spend, we spend our whole lives forming this habit, and, and we've done this thing a certain way. And so you, you do this thing, and the reason we do it is because there's some kind of pleasure in it, right? Even if it's like biting your nails, which is really disgusting, by the way. Uh, if you bite your nails or pick your nose, it's pleasure in it, right? Like some kind of weird, twisted pleasure you get from doing it, but you do it, and hey, you just keep doing it, doing it, doing it, and not all of a sudden... Your New Year's resolution in 2021 is to stop picking your nose. And what happens on January 17th? You know, I'll pick my nose today. It compounds. The more you do your habit, the more your habit becomes impulse. And it largely becomes out of your control. Wisdom is like that. Wisdom is a practice that we want to become a habit. Why do we want wisdom? To live a godly life. Right? That's why we want wisdom. That's the goal. But So the goal of wisdom is to live a godly life, but it's also the effect. Right? At the same time that we're aiming for a godly life by living in wisdom, godly living happens. And so it compounds. Right? Over and over and over again. Right? We pursue wisdom to live a godly life. Its effect is to live, is living a godly life. And so, like a habit, you want it to compound more and more and more. 
So in this chapter, there are three effects of wisdom. These aren't just the goals of wisdom, although they are the goals of wisdom, but also its effects, right? So the more we pursue the goal, the more we come to enjoy its effects. So what I'd like for us to do is is read. We'll read all of chapter 3, and let's see that these effects that wisdom has for us. So Proverbs chapter 3, I'm sorry I don't have it on the screen today, uh, so you can listen or follow along in your Bibles. Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the firstfruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father the son in whom he delights. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, in her left hand are riches and honor. Her, her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold, hold, hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth, By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, Go and come again, tomorrow I will give it, when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason, when he has done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence, and do not choose any of his ways. For the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. The first effect of wisdom is that wisdom leads to right worship. Right worship. If I were to ask you, right, Think about New Year's revolutions. If I were to ask you, why do you want to be healthy? Right? The answer is kind of obvious. I want to be healthy to be healthy. Right? That's, I want to be healthy just to, to be healthy. But, but you all have heard of superfoods, right? Right? Superfoods aren't just foods. They're foods that are super nutritious, right? And, and, and our, the world loves superfood. 
And if you want to be healthy, right, you eat these superfoods. But here's where at least I get tricked is, all right, I want to eat this superfood for this nutrition. Uh, and so blueberries, right, are considered a superfood. I eat a couple of blueberries and whammo, right? Like I feel like I'm already healthy. I've gotten all the nutrients I need. The benefits of eating blueberries, right, doesn't happen just by eating them once, right? It takes a lifestyle change. Blueberries need to be a part of your regular diet. So get an order of blueberries with your next hamburger instead of french fries. Some of us think that worship happens only on Sunday mornings, right? We think if we go to church, then the rest of our week, we're covered. But wisdom is about a lifestyle change. In fact, it's a lot deeper than that. It's about heart change. Look at, look at verse, verses 1 to 4. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. You see that, that verse 4, so you will find favor and good success. That's like the controlling theme of this, this whole passage. That, that, yeah, there we go. Uh, that's the, the controlling uh, phrase of this whole passage is finding favor in the sight of God and man. So to find favor. But you can't get there with just a glance. Right? You can't get there by just going to the gym once a week or eating blueberries every now and then. Wisdom must be, verse 3, written on the tablet of your heart. It's got to be part of who you are. And that's true of verses 5 and 6. Right? These are probably the best known verses in all of Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. This verse, right, often like, I mean, you'll find it in books like uh, God's Promises for Grads, right? But this isn't, this verse isn't about like big life decisions. Like what is God's will for my entire life? That's not what this is about, although it's certainly true. This is, this is a lifestyle change. But that's exactly the point. Many of us don't acknowledge God in all our ways. Our, our default mode is, is not to do this kind of thing, right? It's like fly, fly fishing, right? Most of you don't care about learning the movements of fly fishing. You don't care about learning about the weights of lines or the difference between dry and, and wet fly, all this kind of stuff. You don't care. Because you don't care about fly fishing. You don't want to go fly fishing. So why learn it? But that's the difference between right worship and right morals. There's a difference between right worship and right morals, right? This kind of activity, trusting the Lord, isn't about morals, just doing the right thing. It's about right worship. Reorienting the whole affection of your heart toward this. So that fly fishing becomes what you want to do, what you learn about, and so you learn it and you do it. So trusting in the Lord with all your heart happens 
happens when the whole orientation of our lives becomes one of adoration and love and affection. So while trusting in the Lord is certainly the goal of wisdom, right? We want to grow in wisdom to trust in the Lord more. It's also the whole disposition of wisdom. What I mean is this. Right obedience, right worship isn't just avoiding all the wrong stuff and doing all the right stuff. Right obedience, right worship always begins as a response to grace. What do we see in chapter 1? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the fear of the Lord, right, is the heart's response to grace. Psalm chapter 130. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. Right trusting, right worship happens as a response to the experience of God's grace, the experience of His forgiveness. So the question for you is, have you tasted God's grace? Do you know it? Because that's where it begins. And because of this, because of this, this chapter, This verse 5, trusting the Lord, acknowledging Him in all of our ways, the rest of our lives fall into place. Right? So, first, by thinking of ourselves rightly. Look at verses 7 and 8. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Right? This past week when we finished the five solas, we talked about the sola of, of to the glory of God alone. Right? And how we want to be a church that is God-centered, not man-centered. Right? We don't want our worship to be about us. We don't want our songs to be about us. We don't want to talk about uh, how great we are. We want to talk about how great God is, how great His grace is. We want God to get the glory. And so we want to be God-centered, but we are only properly God-centered when we view ourselves rightly. So, Think of ourselves rightly. But secondly, secondly, we think of possessions rightly. Verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. I know this is an important question and I'm not saying people who wonder this are legalists, but, but legalists, right? Legalists are always... Always asking, how much should I give? What, what's the amount? What should I give? But the wise, those who are affected by grace, are mainly concerned with why they give. Not just not how much, although that's an important question, but why? So we think of ourselves rightly. We think of our possessions rightly, right? As, as wisdom leads us to right worship. And, but lastly, We think of suffering, right? Verses 11 and 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of His reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom He loves as a father, the son in whom He delights. See, the foolish 
don't worship in suffering because suffering is detrimental. Suffering is, is not what it means to live rightly, to worship rightly, to live well. But the wise see it as God's grace. Charles Spurgeon said, I have learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. So the effect of wisdom is right worship. And all of these things, when right worship happens, all of these other things fall into place. Secondly, wisdom leads to right priorities. Look at verses uh, 13 to 26. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you can desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand and her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. This is important because like worshiping rightly and trusting rightly, right, prioritizing rightly doesn't come naturally to us. Uh, right now we have a student loan that should have been paid off a long time ago. We need to pay it off, but like uh, really smart people, instead of chipping away at our student loan, we decided we're just going to get uh, our food delivered to our front door instead. So... Instead of using our money to put in our student loan, it went to our bellies. Our priorities are all out of whack, right? All of us in this room, our priorities are mixed up. And we do this precisely to get what this passage is offering, right? Did you see this? The gain from her is better than gold. So we try to prioritize to get our finances right or to get retirement or, you know, some of us are, are tricked into like get rich quick schemes, right? We, we prioritize to get money and, and wealth. And what else? Verse 16, long life is in her right hand, right? We, we prioritize our, our health and our fitness, right? This year, me and Mao, we've put a new priority on our health and, and trying to exercise more and that kind of thing. But all of us, right, we want to put a priority on, on this long life and health. Or then, uh, in verse 23, then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be, will be sweet. I, I think I've read before that sleep is actually um, the kind of medicine, and, and medicine for sleeping well is, is what Americans spend the most money on. How much of our lives do we orient around feeling secure, feeling safe? Why I want to take Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, right? Next time some guy cusses me out at the movie theater, I'm going to feel secure. I even I remember watching a TV show about these magnificent houses, and there's this one house in like Arizona or something. You know, it's this huge house, but it's built to withstand all natural disasters. And I mean, even like it's made of this metal. The house, whole house, is made of this metal that's supposed to fight against bacteria. Right? We. All of, we orient so much of our lives trying to gain security. And so the problem, right, is not with these things. 
The problem is not with you know, money or finances or health and fitness or, or security, but that we get our priorities wrong. The problem is that these good things become our ultimate things. This is exactly what Jesus meant in Matthew 6, Matthew 6. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. One thing I love about Proverbs, right, is, is one temptation that Solomon warns his son over and over and over again of is the forbidden woman, right? The adulteress. And in order to counter that, he presents his son with a picture of a more beautiful woman. The woman wisdom, right? What he says, for the gain from her is better than gain from silver. Her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels. So, so Solomon is, is holding out to his son this beautiful woman called wisdom. And so, if the effect of wisdom right, is to give us a proper orientation toward worship, then it will also give us a proper orientation to the most pressing of life's problems. So, wisdom teaches us to be careful with money, but not obsessive. Wisdom teaches us to be generous towards others, but not tactless. Wisdom teaches us life is fleeting like a vapor, but it's also precious. Wisdom teaches us not to fear disaster, but also to prepare for it. With right worship, right, and right priorities go hand in hand. And the effect of wisdom is that these priorities that we have that are all out of whack become seen and put in their proper place. So, right worship, right priorities. Finally, the effect of wisdom is right relationships. Right relationships. Wisdom reorients us toward God. It reorients our priorities. And it reorients how we deal with our fellow man. Look at verse um, verse 26. Or, sorry, verse 27. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again. Tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. The effect of wisdom is right relationships, and that right relationships becomes a relationship of compassion. So I, I don't often talk about you know Greek and Hebrew because the what we have in English is is per, uh, total it's perfect, right? I don't we don't have to know the Greek and Hebrew to understand. But one thing I love about Greek is their word for compassion. Uh, it's actually the word for bowels, uh, and so right in Philippians. Uh, and if you read the King James Version, uh, Paul's talking to the Philippians and he's like, I feel you in my bowels, right? It's compassion, right? He feels compassion. So, so the reason, right? You can probably think, make the connection in your mind. The reason, right, that, that they use that word for bowels for compassion is because compassion is to feel, feel pity, sympathy towards another and to act. And so an uncompassionate life is a foolish life. What this does is it prevents us from being unduly stingy. Instead of withholding being our first impulse, right? Someone asks you, instead of wanting to withhold and protect, wisdom teaches us that being free-handed 
should be our first impulse. So that's why it's important that this is a heart orientation. Because one of the things that I've struggled with in my life is, is giving to like a homeless person out of guilt. Right? Someone I pass by and, and they're homeless and they're asking for money and like, oh, I really should give them money. And I do it out of guilt rather than compassion. Or in college, there's this guy named Alrenzo, um, really kind of an anomaly of a guy. Uh, it, but anyway, um, he, he didn't have really anywhere to stay and he didn't have a car. So he was always asking rides from people. And I was one of these people that would give him rides. And I had a friend who challenged me uh, and said, dude, you should offer him your bed. Don't just offer him a ride, offer him your bed. And so what do I do? I offer him my bed. And so I have this guy, this Alrenzo, you know, this 30-year-old something dude. I, I don't know where he comes from or anything like that. And he's sleeping in my bed. And, and like for the greater part of a year, this guy is sleeping in my bed and I sleep on the couch. But the whole time, I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> the whole time I struggled with like, gosh, like this stinks. And he, he did not smell good either. Yes, wisdom teaches us that we ought to do these things, but more importantly, wisdom is about developing the joy of doing them. Yes, wisdom says, do these things. Yes, be generous. But wisdom is much more focused on the joy of being able to do it. I love, I love Alrenzo. If he watches this, um, I love you, man. Wisdom also teaches us how to live in harmony with our fellow man. Look at verse 29. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. Wisdom teaches us not to be nitpicky or fault-finding. It teaches us to be gracious and not hit back even when we could. It teaches us to live in harmony. It also teaches us to live prudently, and this is probably one of the hardest things to learn about wisdom. So look at verses 31 and 35 with me. Do not envy a man of violence, and do not choose any of his ways. For the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. Yes, we need to be compassionate. In fact, one reason why I press compassion more than anything else is because naturally our, our orientation isn't to be compassionate, right? So yes, we need to be compassionate. Yes, we need to be generous. But one thing scripture teaches us is we also need to resist being unduly sympathetic. You know, you, you, you'll, you'll hear People talk about this a lot, right? You know, positive energy. You need positive energy. And if you got negative people in your life, you need to cut them out. Don't deal with that negativity. You need positive energy. And while I do not believe that we should give up on people as hopeless, right? We, we should not do that because of God's grace. 
we must also understand that we are called to live prudently in such a way that sometimes we keep our distance, but we dial back. Paul said something like this in 1 Corinthians, do not be misled, bad company corrupts good character. So yeah, we need to have compassion. Yes, we need to be gracious. Yes, we need to be generous, but also realizing Wisdom sometimes requires us to just take a step back. This kind of wisdom takes profound praying. But sometimes the most loving thing we can do for someone is to rebuke them or step away. So the effect of wisdom what we're after is, is right worship. And what we're after is right priorities, but also what we're after is, is right relationships. All of this, because of verse 4, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Here's the thing about this verse, is we don't pursue wisdom to get Favor. We pursue wisdom because we already have favor. Right relation, right worship, right priorities, and right relationships always come as a right response to grace. So we pursue wisdom from that platform. We don't. Right? Becoming a Christian isn't like, okay, I believe the gospel, I prayed this prayer, now I'm off on this journey of wisdom. No, becoming a Christian is coming to the cross and staying there. And the cross always being your platform to which you walk in wisdom. So, the first step of wisdom, if you are not a Christian, if you are not in Christ, the first step of wisdom is to repent and to trust in Christ. That's the first step of wisdom. And every step of wisdom after, if you are a Christian, is to go back to Christ. Because what? In Christ are found all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We filter all of these things through the eternal Son of God dying for the worst of sinners. How does right worship happen? It happens because we see God pursued us first before we ever pursued Him. Right worship happens when we see the God of this universe, the holy God that we have sinned against, giving His Son to die in your place. Right priorities happen when this God becomes our joy and our love and our affection. And all our other problems in life fall in place. Right relationships happen because the more grace we receive, the more grace we give out. We filter our our wisdom, we filter all of these things through the Son of God dying for sinful man. And it starts with repentance and faith in Christ and it continues with repentance and faith in Christ. Do you want to walk in wisdom? Go to Christ.
We want wisdom so that we will find favor and good success in the sight of man. Wisdom is not something that comes naturally to us. It's not something that's going to happen as we sit in our pews. It's an everyday active pursuit. It's a heart change. So let's ask God to change our hearts by His wisdom that we might walk more and more and more in His wisdom. Let's pray. Father God, You give wisdom that we might walk in wisdom and get more wisdom. It starts with You. It starts with Your grace. It continues by Your grace and it ends with Your grace. Father, we want right worship. And honestly, we don't worship rightly because our priorities are out of whack. We prioritize all these other things and so we don't, we don't worship rightly. We worship security. We, we worship wealth. We worship health. We, we worship all of these things. But Father, by Your grace, reorient our hearts toward right Worship. What what we need is a greater and grander vision of your beauty and your glory and your majesty and your grace and your compassion and your mercy and your tenderness. Father, please, by your grace, give this to us. Help us to prioritize rightly. Not just putting uh, aspects of our lives in our proper place, but Lord, with an eye on eternity, may all of our decisions be balanced on the scales of either spending eternity with you or an eternity in suffering. And God, especially now, we need wisdom for right relationships. There is so much anger to go around, so much backbiting, so much fighting, so much close-fistedness. Lord, we need wisdom to navigate these relationships. Give us wisdom. God, we ask you for wisdom because you are the giver of wisdom. And you are a generous giver. We ask all of these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.